0: What's poppin', y'all?
1: Salute, salute, salute.
2: What's good? Hello.
0: Everybody ping up, ping up. Ping up till you can't ping no more.
1: Better get to it.
3: What's five and family? What's good, fam?
4: Been a rough
0: two days. Man, crazy, right? Everybody
1: getting in tune. Mm-hmm.
3: What up, people? What up, Chuck?
1: Shalute, salute. Got this interview. T-Money. Y'all familiar?
5: Big Chuck, what up? What's up, gang?
0: You good, bro. There you go, right there. All right. Can y'all hear me clear?
3: Yeah. You
1: good? Yeah, we good. See, Money, salute, salute. Peace and blessings. Appreciate you blessing the platform.
0: Sound like he in the Matrix a little
4: bit. Yeah,
1: it's probably, you got your Wi-Fi on. Probably got to turn it off. Yeah, I noticed that with mine. They be tripping too when the Wi-Fi on. That's the what big up, truck. Truck. What What's up, Chuck? What up, Chuck? What's good, family? So we're going to knock out this interview, then uh, I'm going to open it up to the stage. Once I'm done with my questions. T-Money, can you hear me?
2: Yo, he's in the matrix. Yeah, we
1: can hear you a little bit, but it's like it's going in and out. All
4: right, let me try to find him. Um... Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Salute, salute.
1: What's up, y'all? Chalute, peace some blessings. It's going to be dope. Y'all, we already got 75 people that passed through. Let's share the room. Let everybody know what's going on. Y'all see the title. About to be a dope interview. If you're not familiar, you're about to get familiar. I'm going to uh, do my questions, then we're going to open it up to the um, stage. Y'all ask a few questions. Right now I'm just pinging up. Hopefully he got his mic.
4: Is this is better.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Man, we appreciate you blessing the platform. We're gonna get started. Um,
4: like it's let them
1: funny. know um, before we get started, like let them know where you're from and uh where they can find you at on social media.
4: Um from LA, uh, from West Los Angeles, and so on social media you can find me on uh, Instagram at Damien. D-A-M-I-A-N dot R dot Jackson.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So let's start from the beginning. I like to take it from the beginning. Um, you know, let them know, like, you know, what, what it was like growing up in L.A., man. Like, you were a teenager growing up in L.A.
4: Shit, you know, L.A. separated by gang, so, um, no Shit. You know, it's a culture, you know, gangs is a culture out here, man. So even if you're not really gang banging, you automatically from somewhere because that's the way L.A. is separated. So just growing up in, you know, West L.A., I grew up in, you know, my area is mostly all Crips besides like um, the 20 Bloods and Black Peace Stones. As far as like the, you know, the City Stones or whatever the case may be. But um, my surroundings was like all Crips, like the Mansfields where I'm actually from and then you know playboys the schoolyards and the marvins the gears the west boulevard so you know shit Just grew up around all gangs man
1: got you so growing up like that like what was your parents like what they was they trying to stop you from you know getting involved
4: in that type of lifestyle um well you know my you know my, my pops wasn't present at all um my mom she was there but she wasn't there you know throughout my whole time growing up or whatever because you know she was a you know was a you know drug abuser or whatever the case may be you know not my whole time growing up though but you know she did get involved in that and you know kind of lost herself for a little bit but uh um, my teenage years man you know I got tried as adult at 16 and ended up going to jail at 16 getting tried as adult so I ain't even you know I ain't finished junior high I ain't never seen a high school classroom a damn my life or nothing so you know most of my teenage years was in um in jail.
1: Damn. So, like, when you first caught your first case at sixteen, can you talk about that. Like, what
4: what was that case about? Um, yeah, I could talk about. It. I already did the time for it. It was for a, a attempted murder robbery. Um, it was two different cases, you know. So, um, you know, pretty much that's what I went to jail for at the time. I was young. I ain't had no money. Couldn't pay for an attorney, so I ended up using a, you know, had to use a public defender. Like most kids, and in, and in, in, in that case, who don't have the um the backing or, you know, uh, you know the family to help out or whatever the case may be, so I end up taking the deal. Pretty much had to take a deal, and um, you know, just went went and did my time.
1: I got you. We hear about you know different people from California. They talk about YA. I think it's called YA, right? Juvenile. Attention yeah, to- it's,
4: yeah. It's a youth what authority. was it like in know. Yeah, no. It's it's, it's called YA. It's the youth authority. It's different youth authorities like Chad, TS, uh, Nellis, uh, Ventura. Um, it was. I mean, it's worse than the pen, man. It's you know, two places that you go when you get locked up out here. You know, the worst places is the LA County Jail and YA because YA is a bunch of kids. There's no structure, so you know it's like letting. Twenty pit bulls out and just tell them to go at it or whatever. The case may be. more people are gang banging than anything and trying to get a reputation and stuff like that. What you know, which the pen is more structured. You're up under the gun, um, you know. But you you can stay in YA till you 25 too. So it's adults there, like they can keep you till you 25. But 25 is still young, especially when you've been in there since you was 13, 14, 15, 16. Pretty much growing up in there or whatever the case may be. So it's a little bit, you know, like I said, the pen is more structured, so it's a little bit more settled and a little bit more politics, you know, to keep things calm. But when the pen do go up, it go up. But YA was kind of one of them places where if you didn't know how to fight, when you got there, you're going to learn how to fight and because you're going to get tried, for sure.
1: And I know a lot of people talk about, like, California, like the, uh, the separation, like, with the different race. Was it like race wars you know? What
4: was going on with that? Yeah, you know, that's in, in that's that's pretty much in any California um jail, you know, it becomes a race thing. It becomes where, you know, it's a black thing. Uh, you know, the blacks are with the blacks, the Mexicans are with the Mexicans, the whites are with the whites, and um that's you know, that's the way the movement is. But it's it's different politics and um in, in in every jail. Like it's different politics in every jail. Like when you go up north, it's kinda like um you know, like the blood and the Bay Area is kind of like fuck with each other a lot. And then, you know, it's like the Crips and the North Days kind of fuck with each other. When I was there, it was like that. And then when you come down South, you know, it's, it's just basically the the Blacks, like whether you Crip or or Blood or whatever, y'all kind of stick together because we're out, we're everywhere we go, like the Blacks are pretty much outnumbered. So we kind of stick together, or whatever the case might be. But like in every institution, man, it's different politics and, you know you just got to follow the rules whatever institute you you adjust you know what i'm saying you know you're pretty much in survival mode so you adjust to what you got to adjust to in there
1: so like even with the, like with the blacks you know against whoever like is it like does it matter like if you cripple blood it's just like you black You it's one I
4: yeah, don't work. C- yeah certain institutions and stuff like that like yeah it's just if you black you black like you know, blood, crip, it don't matter, that shit don't matter in there, it don't matter what hood you from, like, you know, people think, like, it's just blood and crip, like, especially people that live um, in other places, but, man, it's over, like, 275 crip gangs, and there's more crip on crip beef than anything, and then you got, like, a hundred and something different blood gangs, so every crip ain't the same, you know what I'm saying, you got different crips, so, you know, when people, some people don't understand that, like, some people that's you know, that didn't grow up in L.A., they think, oh, you're a Crip. They think all oh, Crips are the same, but we're
1: not. Gotcha. What well, What was it like for, like, the Bloods and Crips during that era, like, during that time frame when you growing up, you're a teenager? Like, what, what was What was it like out there? Um,
4: I mean, you know, for, 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 like, a lot of people, like, you know, media make it seem like it was over colors, but it, it really wasn't. Like, you know, you have your – you have certain things that happen that cause that causes war or whatever the case may be with different individuals, but you know it. Like some people are like, oh yeah, you know, like Crip and Blood, red and blue, and that's not the case. And if if that was the case, then it wouldn't be Crip on Crip, and it's more Crip on Crip beef than anything. You know what I'm saying? So um I'm from an area to where like my hood never really beefed with no Bloods. You know what I'm saying? All, all our wars have been with with Crips which is you know sad to say but you know it, even with the blood i mean you know like like i said th- certain things happen it's not like we're going to war with somebody because they have on a red, red rag or whatever the case may be um i'm pretty sure if, if something was going on and something to happen whether it was somebody disrespected somebody somebody got beat up somewhere somebody disrespected somebody's sister somebody was gambling and law, whatever the case may be it's never really been over just red and blue you know what i'm saying um like i said like I'm from a neighborhood to where we never really um i'm not gonna say nothing has ever happened but we have never really had a full blown out war with bloods or whatever and like i say it's not that many bloods where you know in the area that i'm in it's like like i said it's like maybe like three or four different blood gangs i mean you know they ain't no punks or nothing like that and you know they're pretty big gangs it's just we just you know never went to war with them you know we grew up we all we basically all grew up together though like we grew up. We grew up across the street from each other. We went to the same elementary schools and the same junior highs and shit like that. So we've been knowing each other all of our life, or whatever the case may be. So that's one of the reasons, also, that I think we have never had any issues with them as far as that. You know?
1: Got you. Got you. And like, um, you know, moving forward from like the gang, um, but when you getting into music, was you getting into music during this time frame too? Or did you nah. come later?
4: Nah, I didn't. I didn't get into music until I um to I went to jail. Um, you know, you have idle time, and you know you're in the cell, either working out or reading or thinking about what you're gonna do when you when you get home or whatever you're thinking about. And I had a in um, juvenile hall, and East Lake Juvenile Hall, had a a sally. He was from Harlem Thirty Crip. He was from a gang called Harlem Thirty Crip, which is the same gang that uh, Dave East claims. Um, and um. He basically taught me how to rap. It's a dude named Jackie Boy, and he, you know, he was asking me did I know how to freestyle or whatever or rap, pretty much. And I was like, nah. And um, I told him, nah, I ain't know how to rap. And he did, you know. So I just kind of asked him, like, to you know, show me how to structure songs, and, and he just was basically like, you know, just talk about the shit that you've been through. So, you know, I kind of took it serious I, to the point to where I started writing raps and performing in the chapel. At East Lake Juvenile Hall, the church that we used to go to, the chapel inside the Juvenile Hall, I was writing like God raps and stuff like that. And shit, I just started writing every day and just kept writing.
1: Dope, dope, dope. So now you get out and you know you got this
4: skill. So what what happens then? Well, um, well, you know, be my before before I went to jail, like my homies have always been involved in music. I had a homeboy named Dougie and D-Mac and K Dog. And uh, my homeboy D-Mack was like real close with Puff, so like I had met them when I was younger, but I was just so involved in the gang banging that I kind of that. Like I wasn't—I mean, I didn't care about no rap music as far as like being an artist or writing. I was too busy gang banging. But my homeboy Dougie was a writer, and um, he actually used to—he j- used to actually actually date Jada Pinkett. Like so, my first time meeting Jada was through him at one of his parties. Everybody used to be at his house. Like every celebrity that you can think of, like if you actually go to his Instagram now, his name is Dougie D. Um, He got pictures with Kobe. He used to bring Kobe to the hood, but you know, not when I was younger because Kobe wasn't there yet. But I'm just saying, like, you can see now, like, how far, you know, how, how he was involved, though. But look, he got pictures with Jade. He got pictures with Kobe. And it's not like one picture where you can, where it looked like somebody just took a picture with somebody. You could tell that they were all friends. So um, my thought process was me, when I was doing all this writing in jail, I had plans on, okay, I'm gonna go to my older homies and I'm gonna tell them I wanna rap and I wanna do this. So I was kind of really um, dependent on them to guide me the right way once I came home cause they were already involved in music. My homeboy Dougie was, he was I think signed to Mercury and um, he had a videos, you know, I had billboards all over L.A. He was kind of like at that time and era, you know, in the, in the 90s, because I went to jail in 93. Um, You know, that type of music, like the Will Smith, the Summertime, he had that type of music. He had that type of look, you know what I'm saying? Handsome guy, fly, you know what I'm saying? And that's what he was writing. So he kind of really was uh, like in that Will Smith lane, like, you know. So um, I kind of was dependent on them to to pretty much guide me the right way once I came home, you know.
1: Yeah, and like you being from like you being from the uh West and you know, we hear the stories with the bad boy, you know, from the history, you know, bad boy, um, death row. Was that any like did they did they have any issues with you coming up in the
4: game? No, because at that at that t- at that time, you know what I'm saying? At that time of me going to jail or whatever the case may be I death row wasn't even um hadn't even evolved yet. As far as like it was, you know, that shit didn't really like involve until, you know, um, I went to jail. I think the, before I went to jail, what they, um, I think the Chronic had came out. That was like their first shit or whatever. And it wasn't, you know, as big as it had gotten, you know what I'm saying? You know, my, my, my years in jail, the whole 93, 94, 95, 96, and all of that time that I was locked up or whatever the case may be, you know, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. So, um, I wasn't involved in anything as far as like no labels or anything cuz I was in I was incarcerated. Um once I got home, you know, that shit kind of had was you know was like Pac was dead, Biggie was dead already and shit like that. So I wasn't I wasn't involved in you know what was going on at that, you know, in that era at that point in time, you know.
1: Got you. Got you. And then, you know, they got the whole situation where you know uh with the Shooter, for sure, night. Was you accused
4: of that? I like, how does that go? Yeah, yeah, I got accused of that. Um, that was in 2014. And I think it was the VMAs at Chris Brown party. Um, yeah, I, I ended up going to jail was that for it. I don't even, I don't remember who was there. Um, I know it was a Chris Brown party. Um, shit, I, you know, shit. I, I honestly don't remember like all the people who were there. But, um, yeah, I got accused of it. Like I said, they threw it out, and um, I ended up getting charged with a convicted felon with a firearm um, from my first case in the 90s. You know, they never let you outlive your past and shit. So I wasn't supposed to be in possession of a firearm. The firearm didn't have nothing to do with the shooting. It wasn't like it had anything going on It was just a firearm that I kept for safety or whatever the case may be, in the house, like not even carrying it around or anything like that. But when they came to get me, they came to the house, and they raided at the house or whatever when they came, and they found the gun. So um, throughout fighting the case, when they dropped the case, they were like, you know you, you know, you wasn't supposed to be in possession of a firearm because you're a felon. But, shit, mind you, I hadn't been in trouble in 14, 15 years. You know what I'm saying? But they still never let you live your past. So I had to go sit down and do the time for the gun.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So can we take it
4: back to uh, when, you, when you had met on uh, 100? I met Wack in juvenile hall. Like we were, we were kids. Like I met, I met him in juvenile hall. Um, we did time together, so that's why I know Wax from.
1: Did y'all continue the relationship?
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when we, when I came home or whatever the case may be, uh, we hadn't seen each other in a while, and I think I bumped into him. I believe it was at the W in Westwood. I was uh, with Akon. Um, I'm not, I don't remember who he was with, um, but I bumped into him then, and then, you know, we reconnected and, you know, kept in touch from there.
1: And, like, you moving through the industry, was it, like, you know, he was the muscle, or was he, like, more so the artist? Because I know, like, uh, you got
4: a relationship with Lil Zane, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't really. Man, I wasn't really the muscle. I, I mean, I ain't gonna say I was the muscle. You know what I'm saying? I, it was just more of like I was a problem solver. So, you know, when things happened, you know, the relationships that I had from being on the streets and being in jail because a lot of the politics run from jail. So, I kept a lot of my. You know, my whole thought process changed in jail. Um, with 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 going to jail and it being you you getting there and it being a race thing and um, not being where it's like, oh, I don't like this person because he's from this hood because it was a race thing. So, you know, when I came home, I always had to, you know, the mind frame is like, I'm not finna get out and be like, I don't like this dude, I don't like that dude. And then if something ever happens and like I go back to jail, the same dude that I've said I don't like, I got to go to jail and get along with him. Like that that is ignorant, like just, just stupid, you know what I'm saying? So it changed my thought process of how I carry myself and how I – um acted towards people as far as like my attitude and my aggressiveness towards people from being from somewhere else or even the gang banging within itself. So um, I kind of just like, you know, like, my whole thing was the, to prosper. Like, okay, the only way I'm going to do something if somebody is threatening me or if I feel like my life is threatening, whatever the case may be. It was the gangbanging shit was out the window as far as, like, gangbanging now. Mind you, I'm always be where I'm going to be from because it's in my heart, and I grew up here. And like I said, it's a it's a culture here. Culture here it's like, you know, how you... How you, you ever listen to Kendrick Lamar and, and, and on, his, on his skit and he say, where you from? And the dude, like, I ain't from nowhere. And they like, where your grandmother live at then? You know, that's the real shit because, you know, where you grew up at, those are your friends. So you relate to them more than you relate to somebody on the other side of town. The school that you went to, wherever those guys are from, you know what I'm saying? That's who, those are your friends. So without you really being active you still basically from somewhere because that's how niggas look at it. Like, those are your friends, you know?
1: Oh, no doubt. Make a lot of sense. And, like, with the writing, like, uh, did you ever have, you was writing for different artists? Can you uh, name some artists that you was writing for?
4: Um, I ain't really gonna, you know, you, you know, because, you know, when you when you doing stuff like that, let me put it this way. Like, I'm gonna mention Akon because Akon put it out there himself. Like, he called me and, Told me to come help him write these songs and stuff like that. But as far as me mentioning other names until they say something, then I won't say anything. But I have helped a lot of people creatively, you know, creatively. Um, and then again, like I'm gonna explain something to you. Like people always say, like writing for somebody, um, there's it's really nothing wrong with that. Like people take that. Some people take that in the form of like, oh, he don't write his own stuff. It's not that because I wrote. Uh, nine out of 12 songs on Akon's Concrete Jungle. Um, And then, you know, you have people that, but but Akon also write hits and he also writes for other people and he does beats. The thing is, is when you're in the studio working with people, I might be in there with you. I might be in there with somebody on this platform and we might be listening to a beat and I might be writing or whatever the case may be. And the energy and the vibe, they might just come up with something. Like they might come up with two, three lines or they might come up with a whole hook that might just be a hit. Niggas don't give a fuck where the hit comes from. We all gonna get a check. Like, all right, you wrote that, you get your publishing, you get your credits for writing. It. So sometimes it just be about the energy. It doesn't be like a nigga just be in there, just hey, let me write your whole song. I'ma write your whole song. Some cases it is like that, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of the times it's us being homies and us being in the studio together and enjoying the music and 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 then they're probably drinking and vibing and and women and whatever the case may be. So even somebody that don't even know how to rap might just say some shit that might click and you might turn it into something else. And they can get a credit off of that. It's like, whether it's they come up with a melody. So so I don't want people to think like, you know, when, when these artists be like, oh, or somebody said, oh, I wrote this for them or oh, I wrote that. Doesn't mean they wrote the whole song. Um, it might've just been in the studio vibe and so. But I still won't say nothing to, as far as like, until these people come out, like I said, I have a documentary coming out and it'll all come out, but until they say it themselves, I'm not going to put them out there like that.
1: Dope, dope, dope. And I know you mentioned Akon, and um, I heard on a in previous interview, you had mentioned Boo, his brother. Did you have a relationship with Boo first, then Akon? Like, how did, how did that even come about?
4: Yeah, I had a relationship with, um, I had a relationship with Zayn first, and Zayn and Boo was best friends. They went to high with school. Lil Zane. Yeah, Lil Zane. And, um, they they were best friends. Um, I did Lil Zane a favor. Um, I solved a problem for him one time and he was in in Atlanta and um he was actually coming to LA to do Doctor Do Two. It was either one or two. I believe it was two though. I think that was on two at that time. And he was like, Yo, when you get back to LA, you know, you know, come fuck with me. So I was like, Cool. So when I got back to the city, um, you know, I called him and stuff and you know, from then, you know, me and Dude was like stuck to the hip every day, like, you know, fucking around in L.A., his meetings, you know. He was going to, he was taking me to, um, like, he introduced me to Tank. He was working on his album and, I, you know, he was doing a song with Tank. That's how I met Tank. So I met a lot of people through Zane, and that's how I ended up meeting Boo. And, um, you know, I built my relationship with Boo. And, you know, from then on, it was like, you know, Akon's his brother and, you know. Uh, so that's how I met Akon is you pretty much through Lil Zane and Boo.
1: And you still haven't continued the relationship over
4: the years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, boo like my little brother, man. Like that's like my like my real family, man. I was with them for so many years. Like I say, like um con just did an interview and was saying, like, you know, should I knew Acon Akon before um his career took off? So I was around him before his career took off, so it wasn't like I start fucking with him because, you know, he became the superstar, you know. He was always who he was. And, you know, before his career took off, every time they came to L.A., I'm the person they will call.
1: Dope, dope. And um, I heard, like, I don't know if, like, can you tell us about the game situation? Because I heard that, like, JT, the bigger figure, had discovered the game. And I think I heard you say something about it, too. Can you, can you explain that situation? Like you, Like, how did you come about with the game?
4: Well, JT Bigger figure didn't find him, man. What happened was I met Game through um through Cam from Watts, who used to be signed to Ice Cube. But uh, if you from LA, you probably know who Cam is. Good dude, you know what I'm saying? real respected, um, duty, a Muslim, whatever he was signed to Ice Cube. And there was um and I uh, Game grew up with his brother. So he introduced me to Game on some shit like, yo, you know. This T Money, you know, y'all should fuck around. You know, y'all both doing the music. T Money got a lot of relationships, you know, got a lot of plugs and stuff like that. So, you know, that's how me and Game start building our relationship. He had a best friend, you know, well I don't say his best friend, but it was somebody that was close to him. You know, I don't wanna um say something that ain't true and then they could be like, Oh no, but it was this dude that one shot hop that he was real close to, that I felt like or I thought was his best friend or whatever the case may be. Um, it was us three we started, you know, fucking around a lot. And my homeboy, K-Dog, had a studio on um, Coldwater Canyon and Hollywood Boulevard. And we started going to the studio and writing and stuff like that. At the time, Game stayed in Lancaster, I believe. And he used to come to the city or whatever the case may be. And um, he used to stay with me. I had a chick that I was messing with. She actually lived in in the, in the Black Peace Tones in the, in the and the Biddies, And... He used to come, you know, when he come out here, he'd stay there with me. We'd get up, go fuck around, play basketball, shit like that. I introduced him to Zane. He actually rapped at one of Zane's party before like anybody knew, you know, knew who he was. And at this point, you know, I was um I kind of felt like my homies didn't um believe in me. Like as far as the the rap shit. Not that I wasn't dope. I think it just was. I think it was. I just think it was because it was the big homie, little homie thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's how I felt. You know what I'm saying? And then maybe they just didn't think that I was dope enough. I don't know. I felt like I, I. I felt like I was dope enough. I felt like I was a dope ass writer, or whatnot. But you know, I can't really speak for them. I'm just telling you know off of how I felt at the time. So I just automatically was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go over into the business side of it, and that's the way I'm to, You know. I'm a, you know, I'm gonna get in, and mind you, this is before the whole Acon situation that, as far as it taking off and the whole dollar situation. So I know we kind of like everywhere right now or whatnot, but you know, this was like right before that, you know. Um, so again, we was running around or whatever, doing what we was doing. We had came up with the whole little Black Wall Street thing, you know. It was pretty much games idea, did like the Black Wall Street, but you know, we were all in like in agreement, like yeah, we were actually supposed to do a group together that was you know that's what we were talking about amongst ourselves me him and one shot hop and we was gonna call it the black Sox. um but in my head i'm like you know i'm a, you know i, I wanted to do the business shit so i end up telling my homeboy like i went to a couple of my homies like uh we should, we should sign this dude or whatever the case may be like he dope like we should sign him or whatnot and um they kind of like you know kinda, you know i guess was like overlooking me man really um And then Loom from Bad Boy got signed. Loom from Bad Boy got signed. And Loom got at me like, yo, I want you to come on tour with me. Or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? Um, This is when I Need a Girl shit was out. And so I had went to game. And I'm like, yo, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to fuck with Loom. But I'm going to take you to the homies or whatever the case may be. And this and that. So that's how the Dougie and D-Mac and K-Dog thing came in. So me trying to learn the business and do that. I'm thinking, like, these are my older homies. They're going to keep me, you know, all the way involved. You know, like, on some like, okay, go ahead and do that. We got you on this end. Because all that shit is is just paperwork and shit like that. So my homeboy, k Dog end up giving game $700 to go to the Bay Area to go fuck with JT. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. everybody, like, like oh, JT, nah, the homie gave him, my homeboy, I tell you to, to this day, that's the best $700 he ever spent in his fucking life. You know what I'm saying? So but he don't want to send them up there. Now what game winning did up there as far as they talking about, he signed some paperwork up there. He did this, he did that or whatnot. I oh, don't, I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I really can't speak on, um, when he came back down, the demo was done. Um, and this is shit that we have been writing in the studio, you know, um, me, him one shot hop going to the studio, right. All that shit was done when he got back down, my homeboy, um, my homeboy D-Mac heard it and my homeboy k dog whatever the case may be, you know, I already had plugged in with them. And, uh, my homeboy Dougie is the one that actually walked him in to, to, to aftermath, whatever. But they already had him signed to a company called Desperados, which was their production company. So he was, he signed, Well, when he came back down, he ended up signing it in them. And I don't think nobody even knew that he had did like any paperwork. If he did do any paperwork, uh, with JT the bigger figure well I don't know if he did paperwork paperwork JT the bigger figure that's what I'm hearing so when he came back down when he did the deal with my homeboys and signed to their production company um all this other shit came afterwards JT said he was signing him so I really can't speak on that um my homeboy Dougie walked him in I know he got this uh glamorous and glamorous story as far as like um Mike Land came to his hood and all of that. None of that is true. Like none of that is true. Mike Land didn't. He met Mike Lynn through my homeboy Dougie. Like when he when 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 they walked him in to, uh, to you know the aftermath. That's when he met Mike Land. Mike Land they go to the hood and do all of that. That's just a that's a lie, man. I mean you know. And if a motherfucker get mad at me for telling the truth, that's what it is. This is the truth. I'm just telling the truth. I ain't talking bad about the man. I don't got nothing bad to say about him. I'm just telling the truth. I'm just telling what it is. My homeboy, Dougie D walked him in. Um, my homeboy, Dougie D is the one that, uh, helped get the shit with Mary J Blige on the mixtape. He actually went through um, through John Monopoly. Like he hadn't even ever met John Monopoly. John Monopoly was one of uh, Kanye West, uh, um, one of the Kanye West's managers, or whatever. So my homeboy Dougie is the one that got a lot of the features for his mixtape on there, and everything, and that's how the deal happened. But Drake, he was always still signed to Desperados. Got you, got you. Damn, it's
1: crazy. So did you did you know that like were you? When you came across Game and then you was
4: listening to him rap, did you know that he was going to be as big as he, he had became that he become? Hey, look, I bullshit you not, bro. I'm one of them niggas that can see shit because I guess I'm. I do not know, but I called it and I told niggas. I told niggas he was going to be a star with Dollar. I told niggas he was going to be a star, like and a kind of tell you like every everybody that I told him that was going to do something. It happened. Everybody that I told him, that's not it. It didn't work. But I knew I knew it. Like, I, t- I told niggas. Like, and I got a check out of it. It's like I didn't get paid. But I just thought my homies was going to keep me all the way involved. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't. And that's not game's fault. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm not mad at my homies or whatever. It taught me something. I end up getting a deal. I end up doing, this, you know, the dollar deal. And, and that was all me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I end up doing a joint venture with Khan and signing the job for distribution for dollars deal. So, you know, I, it le- I, I learned, like, I got fucked. I felt like I got fucked, but I, de- I I don't think it was, I don't think my homies was being malicious toward me. I just think they was playing the big homie, you the little homie. And I was, like, I you know, regardless of whether I was grown, this L.A. You got older homies and you got little homies, and I'm a, one of the niggas that respected my older homies for the shit that they did do for me. You know what I'm saying? And, and so when that happened, Of course, I was mad, but I mean, I can't point out bad shit or what I think is fucked up and not point out the good shit that they did for me because they did a lot of shit for me throughout my childhood years of me not having nobody. So, you know what I'm saying? They kind of took care of me and, and groomed me and looked out for me and they let me come around, you know, the celebrities and stuff like that when I was just gangbanging. You know, you got certain niggas from your hood that the homies be like, nah, don't bring him to the hour. He can't come like this is what. But that for some reason, they, I guess they seen something in me and they let me come around. So I was around the celebrities. I just wasn't focused on that because I was just too busy gangbanging. So like I said, I don't think they did it to me malicious, but it helped me anyway because I went and strictly just learned the business like that. will never happened again. So, you know, when I did the dollar deal or whatever the case may be, I structured the deal. Great. And I had a great fucking deal.
1: And speaking on your artist dollar
4: like how did you find him because when we were going to atlanta like i said a, a- B- um, Lil' zane and boo was best friends right so before akon blue he was yeah he, he has another brother he well he has two brothers oh an- well he has another brother he is boo omar and mozart and then he has a sister so um actually what people don't know akon was signed to this dude named divine stevens right so we used to go to the studio and it was this lady named Karen King. Um, I don't know if people watch Love & Hip Hop, but she's on Love & Hip Hop Atlanta, which is um, Scrap and Saz Mom. You know, Dollar Scrap and Saz say they're brothers, but they're cousins. But you can't tell them they're brothers. You better not tell them they're they not brothers, because they are. They grew up together, pretty much grew up in the same house, because of the, you know, the music stuff. But anyway, she put together the group, which was the Rascals crew. And um, so when we went to the studio, Boo, was like, don't you, you write, right, t right, I'm like, yeah. He like, hey, man, you should fuck with this group. This lady, you know, which is Karen King, you know, she's putting together this group. At the time, Akon and Mozart was doing beats for the group. You know what I'm saying? Akon hadn't blew yet. So um, I started helping. I didn't have no control over the group or nothing. I was just writing for him. And, um, you know, it was a couple of us. It wasn't just me in there writing. It was, a, it was a couple of people she had, you know, a few of us in there writing or whatnot. But me and Dollar just clicked and he just clung to me, like my little brother, like my kid, he just clung to me. And we just, every time we did go for a session, you know, it would be me and him, like writing with each other, just me and him. And, and you know, the other kids would be in there too, but it would, you know, like I said, it like me and him just clicked. And so um, we did the demo. Um, they ended up getting signed to DreamWorks. Um, that deal folded. Again, I didn't have nothing to do with the business side, so I don't know why that deal folded or what happened with that deal, whatever, because Karen was making shit happen. So then the second deal was Elektra. Uh Sylvia Rome signed them. That deal, they went on tour with B2K. Puff ended up signing them as Sean John Models. Uh, Missy was fucking with them. Puff was fucking with them. Uh, it looked like the kids was going to blow. And... um. That was at Electra. For some reason, that deal folded and rumor is, or whatever, you know, whether she left or whether she got fired, I don't know. But Sylvia Rome left Electra, whatever that whatever happened over there. And I think everything that she signed got shelved. And she signed the Rascals crew, I believe. So when 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 that when that situation got shelved, um Dollar decided he wanted to go solo. Now, mind you, like through this whole time, you know, everybody thinking they're gonna blow, they on tour B2K. Polo did they first single, um, called I'm So Fly, um, Polo to Don. So and that's how I met him. So everybody kinda wanted their publishing stuff. So when they came to me, like, you know, you you know, for me to get my publishing, I told them I didn't want it. I'm like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want it. And they're like, nah, you deserve it. Everybody's gonna get they just due. Everybody gonna get what they deserve. And I'm like, I don't want it. Like what I look like pretty much taking Publishing from a, a, a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like I, like I wasn't writing for the to get money out of. I was writing to genuinely help. Like, and I just liked the I like the kids. I like you know all of them. Like I fucked with all of them. They all fucked with me. It was just that me and Dollar just kind of he just kind of cling more to me than anybody else. Or I guess we cling to each other more than anybody else. But all of them was my little brothers. Um. So when it's when the group went. When when he wanted to go solo, his mom called me and was like, "Yo, I need your help." And I'm like, "What's up?" And she was like, "You know, Dollar want to do a solo thing. He been in two deals already. They, you know, whatever happened happened. As far as the deals folding, um, and she was just like, "I need your help." And I'm like, "All right, cool." And I was like, um, "Can he move to L.A.?" And she was like, "For sure." And I moved him to L.A. and shit. That's when I started my company, which was the Gang Entertainment and we got to work. And um, it was this dude named Shakir Stewart. And um, he ended up killing himself. He was over at Def Jam up under LA Reed. He gave me my first meeting, and that's what kind of set the, the the shit off as far as everybody, you know, like, damn, okay, this nigga got a kid, and he dope. You know, they didn't end up doing the deal over at Def Jam, but Shakir made some more calls. Like, you know, whatever their reason was for not doing the deal, uh, Shake. Felt like uh, I had something still. Like, yo, this kid is dope. He's a superstar. And so that's how shit started, you know, going. And then Akon, by that time, you know, this is the period of, like, it sound like yesterday, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But this is a period of time passing by. Uh, the Locked Up record had took off and shit like that. And Khan was on his way. So he called me and was like, yo, man, we family. You should do the deal with me. So I was like, well, shit, put some paperwork on the table. He never did. And throughout this time I didn't been to uh Sony, to Capitol, and I ended up over I ended up over at Jive. And when I ended up over at Jive, he called again and like, yo, him and Boo was like, yo, what we heard you over. He was like, Man, y'all you do the deal with us, bro, this and that. So I'm like, man, I told you, you know, to put some paperwork on the table. And at this time, you know, I done been through all this shit. I'm on my shit now. I was like, nigga, I black and white. I and all this friendship shit. It's cool, y'all my brothers, but Nigga, I need to see some black and white. So they did. You know, um, I didn't like the way to deal with structure at first. And then, you know, Con and Boo kept it real. You know, I called him like, "Yo, like, what's good with you? you know?" I, and they like, you know, T-Money. He just was honest with me. He's like, my lawyer is always going to look out for my best interest. He like, what you want? So I told him the way I wanted the deal structure and him and Boo agreed to it. They like, fuck it. Let's go. So that's how I end up in the joint venture with them. And then Jive went on ahead and did the distribution deal. He got me a, you know, I think they was going to do the deal anyway, but I ain't going front. Akon got me a way bigger check.
1: That's dope, dope, dope. know, um, you know he lost his life, man, RP Dollar. And, um, he lost his life in LA. Was that like random or was it just LA politics?
4: Nah, had nothing to do with no gangs. and had nothing to do with no politics, man. Um. He got in, you know, it wasn't even really him. It was some people around us that got into it um, with uh somebody in Atlanta. um, And he was there and it was our people and it was really a misunderstanding. It was squashed. The, the situation had been squashed. I wasn't there for the first incident and I wasn't there for the second incident. And like if anybody's seen my Instagram, you can see I posted a thing where his mom even was like, yo, like, you know, I love you. You know, i seen the interview keep going. Like, thank you for loving my child. You know what I'm saying? Like so, you know, it didn't have nothing to do with any gang shit. It just was some fluke shit. It was a scary nigga. And you know, seeing that they end up bumping into him at the Beverly Center, all that he followed them from this state to that state is not true. It was just a coincidence. They was in the same place and the dude was scared. You know, I'm from and I and I don't you know, I, I hope people can understand this and this is why I'm saying this, like um, it was mostly out of fear because um, I'm from L.A., and I can see my worst enemy in Beverly Hills at the Beverly Center in the valet, and I'm not doing nothing. I don't think nobody is. It's like, nigga, I'm not finna be doing no shooting in the valet in Beverly Hills at the Beverly Center, and that's where it happened at. So I kind of think it was out of fear of dude just thinking that they probably was going to do something to him. It wasn't even nobody there as far as threatening. Not that it was – I mean, Dollar and Scrapp and Shabazz ain't no punks, but it was the DJ, Shabazz. It was Dollar Brothers, Scrap. It was Dollar and the homegirl, Sa. Si. Was, they wasn't even on that. And um, they wasn't even supposed to be eating that PF Change. You know, Dollar convinced them to go. They were supposed to, because they was supposed to catch a flight um to come back to Atlanta, where I was. I was actually signing this other girl named Lexi that I had a deal on the table with, with Vincent Herbert. So I was kind of trying to build a company, man. We had a whole plan. It was like, yo shit gonna go first and we gonna build the biggest company. We kind of was trying to be that so, so deaf that Rockefeller, the, you know the death row without the bullshit we 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 you know that's what we were trying to build we were and you know we had started a non-profit we were going to the juvenile halls and talking to the kids like bro we had a whole plan my nigga so you know that shit really fucked me up it wasn't like niggas was just rapping and you know, didn't have a goal. We was like really fucking with the community, man. You know, my end goal is to fuck with at-risk youth because I was one, so I always embedded that in Dollar. You know what I'm saying? Like, then we're gonna go fuck with the kids. We're gonna do this. We're gonna change a whole bunch of lives, and that's what our, that's what our plan was. So, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like no gang shit. It wasn't like I said, it was just a misunderstanding and some fluke shit and a scary nigga, man. Yeah, RP, man. Rest
1: up. So, you know what you got planned now? Like what you, what
4: you got on the table now? What are you doing? Um, I'm working. I'm actually working on my documentary. Showtime actually called, and um, they're interested in the documentary, so we're trying to figure, figure our situation out with that. Which is you know just mainly about my life. Um, then I got a TV show that I just created. Um, that we de- that we just developed. That we're supposed to shoot the Scissor Real next month. Um, it's a TV show called Politics. It's basically like a LA Wire, but it's LA based. You know, we ain't really had no LA based films. And then I just signed this girl named Allie Cocaine from Oakland. She dope. It's um, A-L-L Y underscore cocaine. She hella dope. Like she gonna be that shit. Um, I, I ain't missed one call yet as far as like pointing out a star or saying somebody's gonna make it. So, you know, I feel like she's gonna be, she's gonna be that. So, you know, that's that's what I'm pretty much working on now.
1: Dope, dope, dope. Coach, you got any questions?
4: Um,
0: nah, not right now. I'm good, bro. Salute, salute.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it to the floor now. Uh, before we do it, just let them know where they can follow you at one more time. And uh, we're going to get some questions from uh, some of the people that's on the stage right now. They got something to you.
4: Yeah, you can uh, follow me at uh, Damian, which is D A M I A N dot R dot Jackson.
1: Absolutely. Anybody
4: got any questions? After your
1: first deal,
5: how excited were you to go to the table again and make another deal?
4: Um, I really, I, honestly, man, I, I really, I really don't get excited about this shit no more like that. And I ain't gonna even lie, man, because you know when you have a plan on doing it with somebody that you love so much, man, and that's taken away from you. I kind of, you know, went into a depression and kind of lost all passion for the music, and that's why I went over to TV. Um, I'm I'm just now really getting the feeling back or whatever the case may be, as far as, like, because I'm excited about Allie. but, um, like, you know, like I said, as far as, like, the deal is just a deal at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and this might might sound like some hater shit, and, and it's not, though. I think it's just a feeling, like, so, like, when I see Meek in them, like, I, you know, Meek, I was one of the first people that Meek was fucking with out here when he was going to sign the T.I. And um, I introduced Dollar to him. You know what I'm saying? I had met uh, T.I. a record plant when he was, you know, fighting this case or whatnot. He showed a whole bunch of love. It's actually an interview on YouTube. It ain't a long interview. It's just us in the studio and me saying, like, you know, Tip is a real one because, you know, he took the time to sit down and talk to me and listen to Dollar music. He only had heard that one song, the Who the Fuck Is That? And um, you know, I see Meek and them at the wards, and these is the niggas that was like, you know, reaching out and, and 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 fucking with a nigga. And I always feel like, damn, that's supposed to be me and my nigga. So it's not a hate thing, it's just more of like, it's like it's it's a fucked up feeling. Like I'm happy for Meek and them. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy for everybody that was that we were, you know, cause there was a lot of people like the Tigers and shit. Like Dollar had a, a smash before they had they smash, and they kind of was like, following in Dallas and, and his steps, like, you know, reaching out to him, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? He was one of them flying niggas and, you know, like they, they fly and shit like that, you know. And I'm pretty sure they felt like they was gonna be who they are at, like they are right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure they had that confidence in themselves back then. But it was just the fact that Dallas shit he was young like them and his shit already had took off. So when I see them it'd be like, like damn, like, you know, is that's supposed to be me and my niggas or whatever the case may be. Um so you know, I'm saying that to say kind of like my excitement for this shit ain't like it. It would be if Dollar was still here and I was doing it with him. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Anybody else got any questions? Do you still work with Scrapping them? Yeah, yeah, I talk to them every day, bro. I talk to them, if not every day, every other day. Them is my little brothers, man. You know, they doing good. You know, they got they got restaurants and stuff like that, you know. So if you're ever in Atlanta, go... Check out uh Twerking Chicken. He got a truck and a um and a storefront or whatever. You know that's um Sazen and, and Scrap spot. You know they still doing music and shit like that, man. So yeah, I talk I talk to them all the time, bro.
0: They spot still right there. I snap finger or they got they got it somewhere else now.
4: Um, I don't I don't know that you know I don't know the names of the streets. I just know the name of the establishment is called Twerking Chicken. Okay, cool, cool, cool. At you. And then Scrap got a seafood spot too, though. And I don't know where I don't know the streets. I you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, that's the one that was on, on Snapfinger on the east side. It it was it was the seafood shit. I remember that. Yeah.
4: Okay, yeah, yeah. They own that too. But they just opened up not too long ago a twerking chicken. They got a truck and a storefront. You still writing? Yeah, yeah, I'm still writing. Um I'm working with Allie on a lot of stuff. She do a lot of her own writing. But again, like I say, if we're in a studio together, you know, we both creative people, so the creativity comes out of us and You know, we don't give a fuck where it come from. Wherever the hit come from, that motherfucker could come from you. You got one right now? Send it. I'll take it. Check your back channel then. All right, for sure. T-Money, don't forget to mention about
1: your movement with the politics clothing and your podcast. He probably muted himself by
0: mistake.
1: Yeah, you on mute. Team Money gotta press
0: that microphone button
1: so you can get off mute mute. If you're new to this room,
0: definitely follow the club at the top. Definitely cloud chaser. Yeah, Team my Money my other go ahead. Yeah, that's his other account right here down there. Yeah, in the my box.
4: other phone went dead. I'm sorry. But this is uh, this me too.
2: Uh, hey, I got a uh, question. You said uh, you grew up in the um, West L.A. area? Yep. Okay, okay, okay. Um, like, you know, I, I've been, uh, I, I'm not from Cali, but I've been tapped into, like, uh, Cali music for a long time, like, even going all the way back to, like, the Ruthless Record days. I'm, i am like, 42. But um, the music then changed out there. The sound is different in L.A., but... <clears throat> I want to know because it's a couple rappers like from the West LA area that I that I be uh, you know tapping in with you know as far as like listening to their music, following them on social media. Is it any uh, rappers specifically from that area that you uh, you know that you feeling at this point?
4: Um,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, um,
4: for me, like you said, the sound has changed, man, and I, I'm I'm I come from a different era, and. You know, I listen to them and stuff like that, but, you know, I, I kind of, I'll I be looking for, you know, like different shit, but I fuck with Sad, um, I like Sad, you know, I like Yellow Hill, um, but, you know, that's just not what, what I'm looking for right now, as far as me, you know what I'm saying, but not saying that they're not going to make it or they want to be big or whatever, you know, like a lot of these kids just in general, a lot of them talk about doing drugs and stuff like that and. You know, that wasn't, you know, that's not the way I grew up or whatever the case may be. We we grew up, grew up talking about hustling and the struggle. It's just kind of like everybody's kind of like depressed in their music or, or doing drugs. So I kind of like, you know, not. You know that it's not for me. It might be for somebody else. I'm still on old shit right now. I'm still listening to old shit. or trying to find some new shit. Right now, my favorite artist is Simba. Uh, He's from the Bay Area. You know, it's like real, real rap music. You know what I'm saying? He's from the Bay. But... um yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I listen to them and shit. I you know, I will check them out and shit like that, but you know, it it ain't for me.
5: So that means you won't work with no artists that in that type of genre or anything of that nature, correct?
4: No, no, that, that that's not true. That's not true cuz you know, this shit is 90% business and 10% talent. Like I said, I like that music, you know, but you have to be it's just like it's just like the NR's right now, right? You got a nigga like Dallas Martin that um he don't care about numbers right? He signed Nip, he signed Meek, he signed Roddy Rich with like 300 followers. Like, you know, he liked real music he, and he was a, a person that was mentored by Shakir Stewart and he's keeping that formula and it's working for him. You know what I'm saying? And then you got certain a you gotta have Ten million followers, two million followers, or three million followers, and this and that. And that's the only reason why they assign you. Like your music can be great, but if you don't have the followers, they won't sign you. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't fuck with them or whatever the case may be. And then you gotta understand again, like it's a lot of politics because we separated by gangs. And so to, to use an example, it's kind of like, say for instance, I'm gonna use these two gangs because, you know, they're 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 well known and they're well known to be like worst enemies, like, say, the 60s and the Hoovers, right? You might have a nigga from Hoover that's dope as a motherfucker, and you might have a nigga from 60s that's listening to him and, like, this nigga dope, and Mike can do something for him, but it's, like, the politics keeps him from doing it, because it's, like, damn, am I giving my enemy a loaded gun? And what I mean by that is saying, like, Am I gonna go get him 50, filthy rich? And then he has an agenda and then turns on me because he already has his own homies and shit like that. So that's what's whack about LA. I ain't gonna lie. Like, you know, and, and, and even though I have a lot of say-so in my section, because it's not one nigga that just run LA, um, I'm still, I'm still gonna follow the rules. I'm still gonna, you know, I'm still gonna abide by what I need to abide by. Like, I'm not gonna just act like I can run my own because that's not the case. Like, do I have a lot of say-so? Yeah, I do. You know what I'm saying? Do a lot of niggas respect me out here? Yeah, they do. But doesn't mean that I can't sit at the table with somebody and understand them or respect what's going on because I didn't start this shit. You know what I'm saying? This shit is structured the way it's structured, and I'm going to follow the rules, bro, So just to keep myself safe and cool, you know?
0: Hey, t money can you tell us about your um Shalon was saying something about your podcast and your um, clothing? You could tell us about that tell the platform about that
4: oh yeah, um well we um well, you know of course, Shalon is helping me with all of this stuff, but um, I have a clothing line called politics um which also the TV show is the t v shows like I'm kinda like branding that because it's politics from the smaller street corner to the white house um I took every gang sign and I made positive acronyms out of them so The B might say brave, beautiful. The C might say creativity, confident. The Piru might say perfect, powerful, peaceful. And then I also involve the Southsiders, which are the Mexican gangs. I always try to include the Brown in what I'm doing. Um, So I have their sign too, which is the Southsider sign, the S hand, and it says strong, survival, strength. And then on the back of the shirts, it has why the gangs were originally started to, you know, to make a positive um, impact and let people know it's not about the gangs. It's about trying to get back to the original start of what this was created for. That's dope.
1: And what's the name of the podcast again?
4: Um, we the, Well, the name of the podcast right now, and I'm not stuck on it, is called Jacuzzi Talk. Um, I'm going to be doing it from uh, where I live at. Um, I have a jacuzzi that fits 50 people in my house. And so we're going to do the podcast out of the jacuzzi. So that's the plan. Um, Nothing's set in stone. You know, things could change. But as of right now, it's called jacuzzi talk.
1: I have a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aside from politics, is there anyone that you could have worked with but didn't? And now you probably view that as a missed opportunity. Anybody like that for you?
4: Yeah, I had an opportunity, and she probably don't know it, but I had this dude, and if you do it, I mean, if people know certain people when they do their research, I had a chance to work with Megan Thee Stallion, and I didn't. I didn't. And, and Okay, and this, and this goes back to the question that the guy asked me about not working with Sad and Yellow Hill in them. Um, not that is, That's not the case. Um, I, I tend to look for certain things like – prime example like in LA I feel like we've never had a fly female rapper I feel like we've never all of our female rappers have been gangster rappers which don't last too long for females we've LA have never had uh Nicki Minaj and uh, um uh Cardi B or Foxy Brown all our females have been gangster rappers so I've always in, in LA been looking for a woman a female rapper that's fly that that you know that we can create that sound and talk that shit and that's why I end up signing Ali Cocaine because the Bay Area hasn't had that either, and she's probably the closest thing as far as being fly and being like having that that feminine to her or whatever. Not saying that the female rappers up there are down here haven't been dope, but it just ha- we just haven't had that those Cardi B's, right? So when 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 I got approached about Megan through this dude named Hot Rod who was working her stuff in Atlanta and everywhere else, he was sending me all of her stuff, and I was like you know, I wanted something different. I'm like, because she, to me at that time, she sounded like the Nicky's and the Cardies, And I was like, it doesn't, nothing sounds different. Now throughout the politics of her, somebody helping her create her buzz in Houston, whatever the case may be, I passed up on it. You know, he's, he kept sending it to me, sending me footage of her shows. And I just like, I ain't, I I, I don't want to do it. I don't want, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I don't regret it. It was, I was looking for something in particular and, that wasn't in at the time and you know i'm happy that she blew up and you know so it, it is what it is
5: is the west coast the only search area for you
4: hell no nah. nah hell no nah. if it's dope it's dope if the music is good it's good like i said this shit is a business you know like i said the problem like i said before the problem with la you know the people that we that i, I that i that i want to work with are like oh this person is dope I have to deal with the politics, you know what I'm saying? We're separated by gangs. And again, like some of these people we don't get along with and it's like, am I giving this person a loaded gun? Like that's always in the back of my head. Like, do you have, uh, does he have a agenda or is it genuine? Like this is a nigga that's gonna help me get out the hood. So I'm gonna keep it 100 with him because at this point, right? Like right right is right and wrong is wrong. If somebody does something for me, like if you come and do something for me, right? And you from a different hood, and you helped me change my family life. At that point, my homies can't tell me nothing. Y'all want to keep it a buck with my homies and look out for them too, like, cause it's like, okay, you came out and helped me, so I'm gonna reach back and help who I can. I can't save the whole world, and I ain't gonna be able to save the whole hood. But at this point, I'll go against my homies because you helped me change my family, my family life. I don't know if another motherfucker gonna look at it that way. I don't know if another motherfucker gonna say, shit, this nigga helped me change. My 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 family's curse of never having anything or not having anything or just changing our life in general and giving me this opportunity. I don't know if another motherfucker gonna think like me and say, "Fuck it, I'm going against the grain." It's me and you, or it's me and whoever is gonna be on our side, and we gonna do what we need to do. I don't know if a person's gonna do that. So, um, that's what that's why it's hard to work with different niggas in in LA. You know what I'm saying? You have some people that's like, "Fuck it, nigga, I'm with you," but I, you know, sometimes you know. Do I want to take the chance of finding that out? You know.
1: Yeah, I got a question for you. So, like, what was your relationship with on um, Big U?
4: Uh, my relationship with Big U was just we got introduced and we just kind of clicked. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, my my outlook on, you know, he been to the joint, I've been to the joint. Like I said, my thought process changed in jail. I don't give a fuck where you from. And as a whole, yeah, my hood don't get along with them because we gangsters, and they neighborhoods. But I go over there all the time and I, I fuck with other niggas from 60s that ain't Big U. But me and Big U just got a good relationship. You know what I'm saying? He actually is the one that um that made the call to Adam No Jumper, like, yo, you need to interview this dude. Like, you know, he got a good story, you know? And I'm one of them people that's quiet as far as um putting my I don't I'm not a person that brags on myself. I'm not a person, that's why nobody knows these things. Like I'm not out saying, oh, I did this, I did that. I'm just now speaking on this shit now because the way the world is pivoting and it's about popularity and do I want to be popular? No, but the people that people think are doing something, those are people who's creating checks. It's about content. That's where um, um, things things have went. It's not about your work anymore. It's not about really doing the job. It's about uh, popularity. People are getting in positions because they just doing, they jumping off of a roof with, uh, you know, you know, doing crazy shit, man. And, you know, building you know fans and then selling merchandise. You know what I'm saying? You can go, fucking eat some ice cream and go viral, and then create some shirts. Um, eat ice cream and then you make a million dollars off of t-shirts. So that's the only reason why why I'm even speaking on this type of shit now. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And did you like was you around Nipsey Hussle? Uh, big you was around Nipsey Hussle?
4: Um, no, I wasn't around him a lot. Um, we had me and Nipsey kind of had like some issues before. And um, we end up, you know, as men, we talked about it. As some shit I shouldn't have did. As far he did some shit, and I reacted, and I I reacted in the way I shouldn't have reacted. And when we seen each other, we talked. as man squashed it, and ever since then, we was cool. You know, before he had passed away, you know, we used to talk here and there, or whatever the case may be. But you know, it wasn't like a like a everyday thing. Cause like I sound from a whole different uh area, from, from a whole different hood from
1: them. Like you said, you said the you talked about the um the uh, A and R who had signed him and it wasn't really about the numbers. Did you see that in Nipsey?
4: Um Well, yeah, Nipsey actually, to be honest with you, before our our issue, Nipsey came and sat down and talked to me because of Dollar. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it came and, and, and you know, was on some like some management type shit. This is like way I think way before he had his first deal through my homegirl Anya and um she brought him to the table or whatever the case may be. Um, what I seen in Nip was I seen the, um, I felt like Nip was going to be, I'm not going to say that I solely seen, uh, just a superstar, but in Nip, I seen the the gradual growth and I'm like, he was so business oriented. He was about his business. Um, I felt like he was going to be amongst the J's and the TIs because those are the people that were denied a lot of stuff and T.I. got dropped from his first label. They told Jay no, you know what I'm saying? And them niggas kept grinding. And that's what Nip was. Nip was one of those people that he had a fucking plan. You know what I'm saying? And and he stuck to his plan. And anybody that has a vision and continue to just stick to their plan, no fucking matter what obstacles or whatever the case may be, they're, 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 they're 10, they they're gonna make it. Like I don't have any doubt in my mind that he was gonna be one of those J's. I, 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 and, and I'm not just saying that because he's he's, he, he, he's not here. I, that's what I've seen in him. Like his business, he was in his 90% business and 10% talent. His his business savvy was crazy. Like he was a smart person. He just was a smart kid. It's just that a lot of us didn't see it or wasn't exposed to it until after he passed away, which is a fucking sad thing. But when he came to talk to me and his vision and his plan and then seeing the steps that he took and the movements that he made, and then knowing the person who signed him and talking to him, like Dallas. I've been knowing Dallas before before he got his position. Like I said, he was Shakir's intern. He was mentored by Shakir Stewart. Um, and I was talking to him. It just was like, yo, this kid is going to be, he's going to be that. You know, and that was the same thing I was trying to be before, you know, because I'm older than him and i seen it in him. But I'm not going to sit here and say i seen superstar, like just rap superstar but I seen businessman in him for sure.
1: What about on um, Roddy Rich?
4: He signed Roddy without uh numbers too. I don't know Roddy like that so I can't really speak on his situation. I don't have a relationship with him. I've never uh, I've been around him a few times but I've never sat down to talk to him. Um I just know Dallas signed him when he didn't have the numbers and I and I seen what Dallas did of you know with the whole Meek thing and people thinking that Meek has signed them and then the numbers going up, but he already has signed them. So you know they did, you know they did, you know he did what he did as far as what he needed to do to get Roddy to where he's at now. You know, what I'm saying as far as on the business side of it, I'm pretty sure Roddy had to do his part as an artist, but Dallas also did his part as the businessman. And as far as with Roddy team, also like his his managers, everybody play a part, and I I believe everybody played their part, and that's why he's where he's at now. Yeah what
0: what's going on
1: all over clubhouse? Salute, salute, peace and best blessings. All. Yeah. So like, do anybody else got
5: any questions to ask you? I'm. Can y'all hear me? Nah, but thank thank you for coming in though.
2: We doing the interview, Wait, Jeremy. I have one. I, I, have, I have a
5: question. Go ahead.
1: Uh, Zah first, then uh who said that? Black Black Diamond. All right, got you, Black Diamond.
0: Where yeah, Tay. So, hi Tay. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, you said that you have like star factor. what Like, what? What determines that? Can you hear me?
1: Yes. Yeah, I can.
0: So, I was wondering because you said that I, you know you have a knack.
4: But picking stars, like, what is your factor that you can tell if someone's going to be a star? Um, Just me being around certain people, like, um, I feel like I have good intuition and, like, personality. A lot of it is personality in the way that you carry yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because we all know, like, throughout the years of getting money, you, you can, you, can you, you know, you start looking better. You can pay for certain things, buy jewelry, buy – and you can look like the star. But that shit has to be in you, you know? Like with Dollar, Dollar could walk in the room and people would just automatically be like, yo, what does he do? You know, some people just have that it to him. You know, some people just have that it. And he had that it. Game had that it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I guess me being around them and talking to them and that person, you know, that, you know, that personality, the way they carry themselves or whatever the case may be. Um, and I just, you know, I was able to call it. Like, each person, I was like, yo, this person is going to be this. And anybody would tell you. Like, I'm like, yo, we need to sign this person. We need to sign that person. We need to do this. We need to do that. Like, this person going to be that it. And, I mean, shit, I haven't been wrong yet. Nice. <laughs> I told Akon to sign Kendrick Lamar. We told him to take the meeting with Kendrick Lamar, and he didn't. But, you know, Khan is one of those people that – um. That, um, you know, he like, you know, even if he would took the meeting, he's like, even if I'd have signed him, Kendrick Lamar's career probably wouldn't have ended up like it is with, you know, like it is with, with him being with top dog and Dr. Dre. But I'm saying that just to say, like, I caught it still. Like I told him, like, take the meeting, like a couple of me, a couple of me and my people told him, like this guy named two T's tried to set up the meeting. He's with top dog and Kendrick now, you know what I'm saying? Um, He's from he's you know he he he's like one of Top Dog's best friend and he has a company with with Top Dog and shit like that where he has business with Top Dog and we was trying to get a kind of take the meeting and we like yo this dude gonna be a star he didn't take the meeting.
5: So how how tough is it being an A and R because there's a lot of hit and miss. So are your job on the line when you
4: do that or like what is oh, well, it? Well, I've I've never worked for a label. I, all my shit has been me um, finding the talent, either signing it to me or taking it somewhere else. Um, so I, I took Joe Moses to a like when he was signing to con when they was doing that, that was through me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think Joe would tell you, I think Joe just got in his own way. But, you know, somebody had to interview him and let him tell you or whatever, that's my personal opinion. I felt like he was a star. You know what I'm saying? I felt like he had. And when so, you walk welcome-
5: I'm sorry to go cut ahead. you off. My,
4: no, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
5: Okay. So when you walk them through that, do you get a finder's fee for all of that? Or are you just doing it as a, I'm bringing you somebody here. You go right here. That's it.
4: Um, Well, as far as me learning the business, I end up signing a lot of people to me. um, And then there was some people that I just took, like, you know, just saw some, like, didn't want nothing out of it. Didn't care about getting nothing out of it. I was doing it out of just like, nigga, you hard. Like, I'm going to take you to this person. I'm going to take you to this person. And then a lot of the times, like, it end up like, okay, we're going to give you points, we're going to give you this or that. If I didn't sign them to myself and I took them, it was either like, with well, game, I got to check out of that. That was pretty much like a, a finder's thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, With certain artists that I just was fucking with on a daily, that just was my homies and I took somewhere, Um, I didn't want nothing out of it. Didn't say, I didn't get nothing out of it, but I didn't go with the tensions like, I need to be fully involved in this because I just be wanting to see motherfuckers make it. Like, and I've always felt in my heart like I'm going to be good regardless because I'm a hustler And as far as like me. Like, OK, I can go find talent. I write music. I'll be feeling like I'm going to be good regardless because I have so many different avenues to create money through the music shit and so many relationships. I feel like I'm going to be good. You know what I'm saying? So some people I took without the attention to get nothing. And some people I signed to myself. I signed to my production company. Like, all right, you my artist. I'm going to put the money behind you. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to take you and walk you in to get the deal. You know what I'm saying? Because I had a plan to build my label also, like everybody else built their label. But, you know, sometimes it just be like, shit, my, my, you cool, my nigga. Like, yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a help you. Like, are you my nigga? I'm going to fuck with you. I'm going to help you. And I don't expect nothing out of it.
1: I got a question for you. Okay, I was going to uh, ask, would a uh, project, artist you work with or maybe song you wrote, any one of the three that uh you are responsible for that we may not know that you're respons- responsible for or connected to.
4: Uh say say that again? What
1: uh project, artist or song have you been involved with that we may not necessarily know that that you're responsible for?
4: Like something that sure. we may not be. With. Some of Dollar shit, Akon shit, a lot of people's shit. Like again, like
2: we don't first your, shit. Like, what's your favorite or the one your, your biggest or your favorite?
4: I think my I think my favorite was um the Akon shit because at the time, um at the time Akon, like you said was a uh, was an international artist and we were trying to get back to the streets with him, so I was like so hands on and so involved in that. A lot of the other stuff, like I said, it was um, it wasn't like just me just bluntly just writing whole songs. It was more of the in the studio, the creative, like, you know, I wrote the hook or I might have wrote a verse or half of a verse or this and put my input and this like that. And I was with a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? But with, with the Concrete Jungle Project, um, like I said, I end up writing nine out of 12 songs, like literally writing the songs. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I didn't write the whole song. I wrote most of it, and, and out of 12 songs, I wrote, you know what I'm saying, it was nine that I kind of like just really focused on, and um, like I said, if um, it's a part of an interview on my Instagram, where you know what Akon was saying, his, you know, he was going through litigation with his label, we had some big songs on there, and some of them actually got released, and then got a cease and desist on it, I had one with him and Yo Gotti that I wrote. I didn't write Yo Gotti verse, but I did write Akon verses in the hook. And then I wrote uh, a song called Throw That D that went as a single, which I wrote the verses. Akon wrote the hook on that. Um, so oh. that probably was like the, you know, cause I was like really, really like, even if he wasn't in the studio, I was writing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got, I got, got a question
0: for down. you. I got a question for you.
1: Go ahead, AJ.
5: Uh so whatever happened with uh Rock City over there that was signed with Convict Music. Uh I was at the awards <laughs> with them. At, I was on awards and they was pretty cool peoples, man. I ain't heard from them since.
4: Uh they real big writers. Um again, I, I wasn't I'm not a, I wasn't involved in Akon's business as far as them. Like my joint venture in my business and contract and shit was with Dollar and with Jive. Now the artist that he signed to his label. I, I don't know that I can't really speak on the business aspect of it of what happened internally with them. But um I talked to Taron to this day. I just actually talked to him. I texted him yesterday um and, and talked to him because I talked to him about working with um with with, with Allie with the girl that I just signed because they write big, 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 big records. So they still they, they, they still they still around. Um, you know, as artists they probably not, you know, really focused on that and doing anything, so we don't see them, or you don't see them, but as far as these records that you're hearing on the radio, oh, they involved, they and they got a, like, and they some big, big records, for sure. Yeah, that's,
5: that's, what's totally awesome. that's what's up, that's what's up, they're cool peoples, man, I was at the awards with them, we did the Ozone Awards, and uh, they was cool people, that's when I first met them, and I was like, yeah, y'all dope, man, I, I rock with y'all, and yeah, I ain't heard from them since, but I appreciate that. Though. Hey, you had yeah,
1: a thing question? Yep. Yes, sir. Hey,
4: you gonna get any other clothing? uh, Any other clothing under your umbrella? Um, I I didn't hear what you say. I said you gonna get any other clothing under your umbrella, under
5: your brand umbrella.
4: Um,
5: um, right now,
4: yeah, yeah, I'm definitely open to it. Um, I'm I'm trying to get mine pretty much to where I need to be because it's like. I'm not just trying to sell the clothes it's pretty much a community thing um uh-huh. as far as like trying to bring the community together and um so i I'm really focused on that um I don't want I'm not selling the clothes on some like really just trying to make some money. I'm uh-huh. trying to really bring the community together you know what I'm saying that's why I did all the gang size positive acronyms to where people don't feel threatened by wearing them, and it's kind of like for every group and it's kind of just trying to bring everybody to you know the city together so we can get past the not feeling like I can't go sign this person or I'll go deal with this person from from sure. this area. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, sir. Hey, check your check your back channel. I got you. All
3: right, How is wow. it going? Uh
1: you know, I know that you know you probably got things to do. You know, uh we'll get a couple more questions answered, then uh, you know, we definitely appreciate you coming through, bro. For real. There's a lot for of sure. history in this
4: episode for sure.
5: Hey, uh, how
4: was that? Yeah, How was the clothing line going? Like, I haven't really launched it yet. Like I said, it's, it's more than to just me trying to sell a shirt and make some money. I'm trying to structure it to where when it do take off is for the community. I want to be able to um, donate a lot of the money to 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 you know to some type of at risk at risk youth thing or whatever the case may be. Because um, like I said, my end result after T V music, I just wanna fuck with kids. I just wanna fuck with average youth, man. I wanna give the kids opportunity. You know, a lot of the times you, know, you know how it is going in like, now. You know, they don't leave they hood. You know, niggas uh, Yo, you can you hear me you now? Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah sure. Oh yeah, I like I said, I just you know, like I wanna um make it to where, you know, like I said, my end result is just working with kids, so I wanna make it you know, a big unity thing. I want to donate some of the money to, you know, at-risk youth and whatever other uh, organization I can donate money to. So it's not really for me to like just try to get rich off of this shit. As far as the clothing and stuff like that, you know, it's 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 even the music shit, man. My my whole thing for this is for. Um, face value to go for these kids to be able to listen to me. Because like I said, if you from L.A., you know like some niggas don't leave their hood. they 20 minutes away from the beach, never been to the beach, 30 minutes away from Hollywood, never been to Hollywood before. You know, they stay on their side in their area and feel like they don't have to leave their area. So my whole thing is, you know, people, people listen to successful people or uh, feel like successful people know what they're talking about even if they don't know what they're talking about. So my whole thing of trying to uh, gain this –
1: Think you cut out,
3: you cut out. He got a phone call.
1: And if y'all look to this clubhouse, follow the club at the top, it's the greenhouse. That for the cloud chaser. Follow us on YouTube, that for the cloud chaser TV. Yo, what's going We can hear you now, bro. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah. I don't know where I went out at, so.
3: Yo, uh you yeah, this uh I go by Almighty. What's good, t Money? What's happening? Uh I wanna send you my number in the back channel. I have actually been wanting uh, to get in contact with you years ago, bro. Um Dollar was a close friend of mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some things I don't really wanna say like publicly, you know what I'm saying, but it mm-hmm. was introduced to his Aunt Raimi. You know what I'm saying? I know divinity of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm going to send you my number. I've been wanting to chop it with you for some years, bro. Like, Saz was a youngin back yeah, then. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm like, like, Dollar was my homie. You know what yeah, mean? for, I'm a, for a, sure. I'm
4: going
3: to send you my number, bro. Okay, okay. All right, hey, Chief.
4: Yes, sir?
3: Hey, I know that closing question. It's uh, Muhammad on your mm-hmm. Back Channel.
4: Okay.
1: Salute, salute, salute. Is, um, do anybody got any other questions?
3: Yeah, I got a question. Go ahead. If uh, Where do you think Dollar would rank amongst today's artists
4: had he uh, made it to this time? Man, listen, bro. And I don't, you know, people might think I'm, like, being biased. But, dog, I don't think it would be nobody bigger than him right now as far as um the people that was in his era and that was coming up in his era. Like, even T.I. said it. T.I. went on 106 Apart before he went to jail and was like, Dollar, that next nigga. And everybody only had heard that one song, who the fuck is that, which was bubblegum to us. Like we had records and he could really rap and he had the look, he had the attitude, he had to, you know, he was polite. He, you know what I'm saying? He was respectful. Like he just had everything that a star needed to be a star. Um, and if you, if you listen to me, me kind of sound like dollar on certain stuff. And me could tell you, like me always give him shout outs. Meek always putting his face up you know, a tour, like rest in peace, like, you know, like Meek fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? And that Meek Meek kinda studied Dollar. You know what I'm saying? And 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 he would he would have been that nigga. I'm not saying that Meek and them wouldn't have been who they was, but Dollar would've really been that nigga. Like you gotta go listen to his shit like the miseducation of Dollar and just pull up shit. Like it's not even even to this day, like if you listen to this shit, niggas wasn't out rapping him.
3: That's a fact. Gotcha,
0: gotcha.
3: That's definitely a fact. Any other questions?
1: Fat Prophet, salute.
3: Yeah, I just
2: wanna
3: salute, say G. I just wanna say, like, while you were in the room, you feel me? Like, that was some family shit of mine, bro. Like uh, I ain't get to meet you in time, you know what I'm saying? The gang, like y'all, you're supposed to be like my peoples, you feel me? And he don't get the he don't get the flowers and the credit that he deserved. Um, because, you know, uh he passed too soon. You know what I'm saying? But like that dude, like he was like a brother to me. You know what I'm saying? And like I the last time I talked to his mom was like last year before I got off of social media. You know what I mean? But again, like like what he's saying, like if y'all if y'all listen to his music and study it like he was about everything that he rapped about and it was before his time, like even even it, it would have been structured differently if he would still be here like what's coming out of Atlanta like homie was a lyricist and he was trying to show people um that everybody from the south is not basic rappers you know what I'm saying he was really on some lyrical shit you know that that was a good feeling my that's that's dollar for the dollar yeah yeah oh yeah He's I worked like dollar zone six, zone six. Slow, slow. Yeah, well, we're
1: gonna end it there. Hey, can you shout out your social media one more time, T uh, Money?
4: Yes, um, Damian D A M I A N dot R dot Jackson.
1: Man, we really appreciate it,
4: bro. You was his you was manager, T Money. You was manager, T Money. Yeah, he was. Well, he signed to my production company. Yeah.
2: Oh, you out of Atlanta?
4: No, I'm from L.A.
2: Oh, Okay, okay. You know twin? Uh
4: twin that was managing Gucci.
2: Yeah, and Jeezy.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I just I I just seen twin. You talking about the yeah. good twin or the bad twin? The good twin that was. I'm talking about
2: twin. Twin that was with Poon. Yeah, no,
4: yeah, I just seen twin like thirty minutes ago on Melrose. Just seen him.
2: Okay.
4: Yeah, that's who was managing Gucci with coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. So, salute, man. Peace and blessings, to everybody that came through. Show love, y'all. Was in the comments. Y'all was mm-hmm. in dropping some dope stuff. The people that shared the room, we appreciate it. The mods in the building, uh, the people that's on the stage, we definitely appreciate all the support and love, man. Y'all definitely need to go follow my channel up top. Definitely, Cloud Chaser TV. T Money, salute, family. Peace and blessings.
2: You, know, you, you
1: got to do like a uh, part two or something, like a part two, three, four, five, six, seven, because you got oh, you got a lot of history, with you I mean, this is definitely, yeah, man, this is a dope episode, for sure.
4: Yeah, man, thanks uh, for having me, bro. Little...
1: Thanks for Yo, coming through,